Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. Join one of the Adelaide 36ers' favourite sons as we deep dive into everything past and present about one of the most storied franchises in the NBL. It's Sixers Fix, your Adelaide 36ers podcast. Hello and welcome to Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis for another week and we're on a high, much higher than we were after round one of the NBL season. Two wins to talk about from the Adelaide 36ers. A big game in Cairns to look forward to this week. And we'll speak to the men in the moment, Dusty Hannes, on this week's show. We'll have our Ask the Coach segment with Jamie Perlman. Where we'll, we'll give another great prize away thanks to Sports Card World. So that's plenty to get stuck into. I'm Chris Pike, but the man that you've all tuned in to hear from, the man who I'm amazed has never told Dusty Hannes that he's the only man involved with every championship the Adelaide 36ers have won, Scotty Ninnis, how do we find you this week? Gee, mate, I've slipped up there. I thought I told everybody in the world that I... I know. I I uh, couldn't believe that he didn't know when I I asked him. I must have told him. He just wasn't listening. (laughs) I would would hazard a guess. But uh, no, it's uh, obviously, like you said, it's from the start, mate. Uh, We're we're a lot more upbeat than we were last week. Mm. And uh, a couple of really interesting games, to be fair to say. But uh, um, I'm still scratching my head trying to work out what I saw on Sunday... Mm. at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. That was just, I, I, I'm sure at some stage I have seen a game of two halves mm. that were more different than that, but I'm struggling to remember everywhere. So, uh, um, yeah, I guess we're up and about. Um, you spoke about Dusty. You know, he had a couple of really important shots at the end of the game against the Jack Jumpers and obviously took that confidence through in the Sunday. And, and now going into Cairns and Cairns, it's, uh, you know, it's another one that's... Uh, you know, you would hope that we'd get away with the victory and then we're on the uh, on the positive side of things and, and looking forward. Absolutely. Now, before we get stuck into those two games last weekend from Adelaide's point of view, have you ever seen a more dramatic round across the whole league, especially those three games on Sunday? It started with that Melbourne throwdown where, you know, Mitch Creek with the huge dunk over Delavidova, Mason Peedley comes in and, and decks him and, and, you know, there was just chaos after that. That was a, that was a dramatic game. And then we saw our game against New Zealand where the 36ers came back from 19 points down to dominate that second half. And then the day finished over in Perth with double overtime with the Bullets beating the Wildcats. The day before, that Kings and the Hawks game had plenty happening. I can't remember a more dramatic weekend of, of NBL action. No, I'm the same. And it was, uh, you know, Body Nodge wrote in his blog the same thing, that he, he you know, like it's as good as any round that he can he can remember. And, uh, you yeah, know, I, I agree. Uh, you know, who would have thought that, you know, Brisbane would go into Perth and, mm. and win Little Oat in, in double overtime. And, uh, you know, we, we saw some, uh, you know, I guess people are talking about basketball, not yep. not all for the right reasons. Um, you know, I think that, um, you know, the Melbourne United-Phoenix game, that, you know, that rivalry is just going to continue to grow and grow. And, and, and things like that certainly help. I, I don't know what the hell Mason Peatling was thinking. Mm. Uh, you know, it was just brain fade, I think. Well, it's, it was, uh, because the, you know, the whole thing had sort of simmered down by the time he came in. Yeah, it made no sense to me whatsoever. But, uh, you know, hopefully he will learn from that. And he's got a couple of weeks to, to yep. learn from that. So, uh, um, but uh, look, you know, it, it gets people talking about basketball. And at the end of the day, that's that's not a bad thing. And, you know, and, and the, you know, some of the quality of basketball we saw was uh, was quite incredible as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'd want to be a Sydney King fan this week, mind wow. you. But, they've, um, they've started round three. That was the... That was just about the worst performance from a talented team I've seen in a very long time against Melbourne oh, United. That is. 
I think that is the worst performance yep. from a, a talented team, a team that you know many are touting to be, you know, be right there mm-hmm. at the pointy end of the season and, and to go you know, zero and twenty six and, <laughs> and be down, you know, score yeah. five points yeah. in the first quarter was and to you know it didn't get any better, you know, no, they end up with forty seven points in the game. I mean, they they certainly set some new lows, uh, you know, right across the board. Yeah. So. You know, I, I guess if you're going to do it, now's the time to do it. There'll be a lot of soul-searching there, and, and, you know, good teams react well from bad losses. You know, I've been involved in some teams that have got their ass kicked on plenty of occasions. You know, the good teams are not the ones you want to play the following week, uh, and it, you know, it's more an aberration than, than anything. And hopefully, well, as far as a, a Sydney Kings person would be, that that's, that's what they can show. But, yeah, obviously there was some... Uh, Pretty alarming signs there, that's for sure. Yeah, there was. And now we'll get to the 36ers shortly, I promise, Adelaide fans. But it doesn't get any easier for the Kings. They now play the South East Melbourne Phoenix, who are probably, along with the Hawks, the form team of the early part of the season. Absolutely. And, um, you know, we <laughs> the blink of an eye ago, we were talking about you know, top four teams. And I think we both had Sydney yep. well and truly in there. Um you know, I know one game doesn't make a season, but you know, a lot of people have written them off already after that one game. And, and you know, games like that it can really damage your psyche as well. You, you know, that, that can really hit you hard. And, and you need to get out of that fairly quickly. You would imagine they would have going to put some couple of quick training sessions together where they can address it and then... The important thing is to move on. Then at the end of the season, they're looking back and not necessarily laughing about that. I don't mm. think you'll ever laugh about a game <laughs> no. like that. But uh, maybe they, that's the game you can say, yeah, we, we learned from, we made a commitment to each other for the rest of the season and we went about our business and they're on. But, You're right. Um, it is a make yeah, or break point, isn't it? You either respond from it or it's the point where you blow things up and your new American coach might might not last too much longer. It's kind of it kind of goes either direction, doesn't it? It, it certainly does, and you know, it, I guess you know, just to just to go on a different tangent, I think that's why I was really happy for Dusty Hammers, like first hitting yep. those two big shots at the end of the game, and then and then having the game he had on Sunday. Now you already see people talking about he's going to be the first American sack this year, and mm. you know, you know, some people have got no nothing better to do with their time, and and, and look, let's face it, imports are under more pressure than, than, you know, Aussie players in this league. That's just a fact, and that's just the way it goes. And uh, But, you know, Dusty, I think, you know, has the confidence of his teammates, as, as you've seen, and, uh, you know, that'll give him no end of confidence. And I guess that's what I really couldn't understand the week before against the Warriors. You know, that wasn't the, the confidence player that I, that I saw, you know, every day for a month, yep. so... You know, I'd say just about look out now. You know, that's that's a guy who gets his swagger going. He'd make it very tough for a lot of the opposition mm. teams in this league. Yep, and we will hear from him later on on this episode, so stay tuned for that. Let's get straight into that game down in Tasmania last Thursday night and it got a lot closer than I think the 36ers hoped, but for the most part they played they played pretty well. It did get too tight than they would have hoped and then it, it came down to Dusty Hannes at the end. The play certainly wasn't drawn up for him to get the ball, but a, a broken up play ended up in his in his hands at the end. He hit that huge contested three um, on on the on the shot clock buzzer, and, and then he the next next possession down the floor, he made a nice move into the basket, delivered a little floater, and the the game the game was done. Um, in some ways, they got out of jail, but for most of that game, they were the better team. Yeah, absolutely. I thought the same thing. I, I don't know that it'll go down in the 
36 a classic game. No, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, pretty. DVD <laughs> that will come out at some stage. I don't think we'll ever get to that stage. But, um, yeah, I thought, you know, for the most part we controlled it and then, um, you, you know, some, some sloppy turnovers and, and, you know, let them get back into the game. And, and like I said, you know, Dusty hitting those two shots, okay, that, that three might have been, you can call it a lucky three, but big players make big shots, yeah. you know, and... and, and and the reason big players make big shots is they're happy to take the big shot exactly. too. Now, it was the first three know, of his NBL career. wasn't a bad way to do it. Astonishing, isn't yeah. it? Like oh, I thought he would have the first three of his NBL <laughs> career five minutes into the Perth game. Yeah. But uh, um, so yeah, I mean, obviously teams are going to gear up on him, and and but that's where I think. You know, the more games we get under the belt, the better we're going to be because you know we we do have a lot of a lot of scoring options throughout this team, and and you know guys like Isaac Humphreys are going to be better off for you know getting the run under their belt, and um, yeah, we haven't even seen Sunday Dutch yet, so um, I think. They wouldn't want to have a first half like they did against New Zealand against one of the better teams in the competition no. because then they ain't getting back into that no. game. But you only can you know play against who's in front of you and uh, you know, that second half of that game will uh, will give them no end of mm. confidence. Now, before we get onto that game in more detail, let's have a look at our voting and our Player of the Year award for that game in Tasmania. I've put you on the spot, Scott, but off the top of your head, does Dusty Hannes get the three or have you gone for somebody else? Uh, no, I think um, I think Dusty gets the three. Um, I can't. I actually haven't got my notes in front of me, yeah, mate. No, I'm actually right. uh, I'm actually having a night away from the family in the Barossa at the moment. So I uh, I actually had a wine tour today, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, I've come to some friends' house. I'm actually drinking a lovely little <laughs> Cirillo Estate Rosé at the moment. He's uh, he's a good mate of mine from up here. He makes uh, beautiful wines. Um, but yeah, for memory, it was I had Dusty Hannah's uh, at the show. Yeah. yeah, so we got Dusty. He he started the game well, then he didn't see the ball for two and a half quarters, but then he finished the game well, obviously. 15 points, four assists. Only took six shots, but made four of them. Um, let me run through some of the other stat winners. Daniel Johnson, 14 points, only two rebounds. But Mojave King had had some good moments. 10 points, three assists. Um, hit three three or four from three. Cam Bairstow, another good game, nine points, five rebounds. Mitch McCarron, um, all-round game again, nine points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals. Todd Withers, nine points, three rebounds, two assists. Isaac Humphrey, six points, six rebounds. Who jumps out at you for the, the two and the one? A tough one, mate. Um, I'm not uh, look. Like you could just about throw a blanket over. To be honest with you, yeah. who, did, uh, who did who did you have in your votes? Let's uh, let's go yeah. that way. I can probably probably DJ. I mean, he's the he's still getting it done and he's doing it pretty efficiently, even though he didn't get a lot of rebounds and probably Cam Besto. I mean, he started the season really well. Yeah, I think um, I, 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 it's an interesting one with DJ. I think we have we've come to expect that he's just going to do what he does every mm. week. So, yeah, you know, he's still, you know, and I think at times we go, well, he, he had a poor game. Well, not necessarily, you know, <laughs> yeah. like if he, you know, he just maybe doesn't do what he does on a, you know, on an outstanding night. But uh, I, um, I, I, I did have uh, DJ with two votes yep. and uh, um, I think I had Mojave King for a vote. Yeah, Mojave was started, good. He was you know, good. He, the impact of the game early, um, and it was good to see him. Uh, you know, he, he struggled a little bit at times, so it was good to see him. You know, he's he's another one that's getting used to the system and will better. You know, will get a lot of confidence out of uh, out of a game like that. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's where I went. I think uh, Dusty, DJ, and uh, Mojave. Yep, no, I'm happy with that. I think those three three pointers that Mojave hit were 
were pretty important and and good steadying shots um, when he got them. Manny Marlowe hit a couple of big shots too, which were important. So it was good to see him him out there for Adelaide. Um, then on Sunday, you were here for this game live, obviously, Scott. What the hell were you thinking during that first half when Will McDowell White couldn't miss? I think he went seven of seven from three in the in the in the in the first half. Hugo Besson, their Frenchman, wasn't too far behind. I think between those two, they went forty-one points and shot eleven of thirteen from three in the first half, and it was fifty-nine to forty-two at half time. What were you thinking then? Uh, about going home, mate. That's what I was thinking then. It was uh, it was as bad as a half of basketball as you could see. And, and you know, obviously you had a couple of guys who were having career nights. Um, you know, Will McDowell, I think it was six or six of the three-point yeah, line. Was, and, yeah. you know, and that, you know, that's that's a career game for him. Like, I mean, that's a career game that he had in one half of mm-hmm. basketball. So that's, uh, you, you know, some of that was just just one of those things. A guy comes out and, like you said, Basson was, uh, you know, played fantastic as well. But it was the... Was, I don't know. It was it was everything. It was, mm. There seemed to be a lack of effort. There seemed to be, um, you, you know, careless with the ball. It just it, they just seemed listless, and um, there was no real explanation for it. I guess you know. Once again, I mean, it's a it's an interesting game mentally. You know, you see a severely depleted New Zealand lineup, and and you know, it doesn't matter sometimes how much the coach sort of you know addresses that. You know, sometimes you get in your head that it, you know you're going to be able to come out and, and just do your thing and, and yeah. run all over people. Yeah. Well, you, you know that normally doesn't give you a 17 point hole at half time. Mm. But um, um, it was interesting. You could tell on the first play of that second half that whatever had happened at half time yep. and it, it had completely turned them around. Yeah, and, I think it was Humphreys came out here three to start that third quarter. Yeah, and I, look, I, I've spoken to, you know, we, we had our 36 of holiday camp this week and mm. so we saw all the players and, and I spoke to them about it and uh, I think initially Mitch McCarron, his captain, came in and gave them a bit of a, gave the team collectively a bit of a touch-up, but mm-hmm. I, I, my understanding is CJ didn't come and, uh, you know, rant and rave, he just came out and addressed the group, but it, it's just, it was incredible to see what happened in the second half but you've got to be concerned about you know having stretches of basketball like like they've had against uh, you know Illawarra and then that first half against New Zealand now in saying that oh, there's even a six, you know, point, the, six point quarter was it the second quarter in Tasmania or the third quarter yeah second yeah quarter, yeah right? yeah and you know but then again you also need to address the good and, and that second half yep. I mean it was you could just see they were going to run all over the top of them. I mean, you know, New Zealand were running, you know, they, they were running in reverse. So they completely, yeah, yeah, completely done. And, uh, you know, it was 56 to 26 yeah. in that yeah. second half. You know, we outscored them by 30 points. Yeah. And you're just like, what What just happened? Yeah. It was just, I mean, the you know, the mood within that stadium just, Turn on a dime. It was uh, it was a great game for a home crowd because yep. you know if you're if you've got newcomers to the you know that haven't been to a lot of games before, you know they go through that first half and then they see you know they see that incredible turnaround and you know everyone that was at that game uh, last Sunday will, will come will come back because yeah. it was it was just it was just so exciting to see what they did in the second half. So uh, um, yeah, look, I mean at the end of the day. You get the win or you get the loss. Mm. Uh, we got the win in, you know, in, in amazing circumstances. Now they need to capitalise that and go and beat Cairns and Cairns tomorrow yep. night. And there's, there's absolutely no reason why they shouldn't do that. And, and, I, and I'd be really disappointed if they didn't get that win. I think you know that game on Sunday against New Zealand is, is a perfect 
introduction for CJ to talk about not underestimating your opponent, no matter how it is. So I would like to see that same sort of effort, you know, right from the, uh, you know, right from the start. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, I've had some people suggest to me that maybe we need to start differently, and, and you know, I, I said did little, very, very little of the pre-season, wasn't on court with the team very much and, and obviously he's, you know, he's still finding his feet and, and getting back to that, you know, form that we saw at the start of last year. Um, so I, I tend to disagree with that. I, I think, you know, if this is a lineup that we always thought was going to start, I think you, you go with it. Um, you can make adjustments along the way. You know, Sunday when he comes back certainly is data your level talent. And, and you know, what, uh, I'm so disappointed for him with what he did in the off season. So yeah. you know, to get his, you know, get to the point where he was. You know, from what I saw, he was the best player at training every day and, uh, you know, was, was doing what he normally does defensively but worked on his game offensively. He'd obviously been in the in the gym lifting on a, on a regular basis and, uh, yes, I think we've mentioned before, he, he sounded out, you know, Brett Maher and got, mm. got him to come out and do some shooting with him. I mean, he left no stone unturned and it's, it's a testament to him and it's so disappointing that he's had to sit out. And, and I he, he's still missing this I, week too. Yeah, he is, and I know that. Uh, now, just on that, when I was coaching, if the club had come out and told the opposition who wasn't playing the day or two days before the game, I would have been pretty pissed off. Yeah. I don't know if that's just the norm now that uh, this is who's playing and who's not playing. But uh, it's an interesting yeah, one, isn't well, it? Yeah, um, it, it, I it have is. a feeling it's, uh, it's an NBL directive. I think that they want right. the clubs to be a little bit more transparent. I think you know what, and I guess if there's Legalized betting on on games—that's yeah. probably probably a fair uh, thing. I, I think that's uh, what I think that is what's behind it. Yeah, well, back in the day, there was so much, you know, so many games played and ducks yeah, and drakes with who was playing and who wasn't playing. But uh, uh, no, well, that makes that does make sense, then, and that's probably fair enough. Yeah, it is, but at the same time, you don't want to give the opposition a, a heads up. But um, we'll we'll talk a bit more about that Cairns game after we hear from Dusty Hannes and then Jamie Perlman on our Ask the Coach. Before we wrap this bit up, Scott, your votes for this game. This one's tough too. So we had Dusty Hannes, 25 points, hit four or six from three. Um, DJ again, I mean, we take it for granted. Like you said, 22 points and four rebounds. Mitch McCarron, an underrated game. I think some people look at the four points and think that he didn't have a big impact, but he did. He had 13 rebounds and six, six assists. Todd Withers, a good game, 16 points, 4 rebounds. Cam Bairstow, again, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 4 steals, 3 assists. So he did did a lot. I think it's probably out of those four. It's an interesting one. I, and I, I reckon I've actually missed Todd Withers here uh, in, mm. the, in the last game. I was, um, you know, statistically probably, you know, I guess what he brings to the table is, is a bit of everything. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love his energy and, and the day that he, you know, he, he was able to join the team out of quarantine and, you know, he'd been sitting on his backside for two weeks and not, not doing a lot. And, uh, you know, you could tell at training he was, he was absolutely gassed, but he was the guy on the sideline yelling and encouraging his teammates. Yeah. And he's just, you know, he, he is, you know, he's a great size. He's, he's six to eight. You know, he can defend basically anyone on the court and uh, you know he hit the open shots he's athletic um, I, I really like Todd I, I think he's you know a perfect complement to to what we've got when everyone you know is up and about yeah. and playing well but as, as, as far as the votes I think it's hard to go past uh, Dusty yeah. um, I think it's, it's for me it's, it's Cam Bairstow again I yep. mean he's just uh, become exactly as advertised and, and I don't think there's, there was ever any doubt 
about what he could do playing wise. It no, was just, just whether he's going to be able to yeah. keep his body out there. And he, you know, like he, from what I've seen, he, he looks after his body incredibly well. He's, you know, he's always one of the first guys at the training and, and, and stretching and getting his body right. So, um, yeah, I, I thought he was, he was very, very good again. And, uh, yeah, I guess once again, you know, I've just said it that we tend to underestimate DJ, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, you sort of you sort of want to give votes to other people at times, I think, just so they could. Uh, it's a toss the coin between I, DJ and Todd, isn't it? I think it is. It is. So you know, I'll probably no, I'll give it a Todd. There yeah. you go. No, fair enough. Sorry, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got to remember he's still got the the prize to cash in from last year hanging over over his head, so he doesn't make, need too many votes this year. He doesn't appreciate the prize, mate. So doesn't, I'll give does it, he? We'll He's it, not too keen to catch we'll it. We'll give it, it to somebody, somebody who wants to spend a day in a car with me. So most people would say that's not exactly a prize, but uh, no, that's uh, we'll, we'll go that way. Yep, not perfect. All right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll hear from Dusty Hannes. Then I'll have the Ask the Coach segment thanks to Sports Card World with Jamie Perlman, and then I'll be back with you, Scott, to, to wrap things up and have a look towards the game in Cairns. Easy done. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis. And, and to be honest, this is a interview we've been waiting for ever since this man signed with the 36ers. Unfortunately, Scott won't be able to join us, but Dusty probably won't mind that, that too much. But Dusty Hannes, how do we find you as you're about to head off to Cairns just as your girlfriend arrives in town? Uh, it's a really, really great city. Um, I've really enjoyed it here as far as just the people. The scenery, the, the the food. I mean, it checks all the boxes of you know a great place, and just honestly, just really enjoy living here. It's been it's been really peaceful and, and good. Uh, I'm very excited for girlfriend to get here also. Mm, I bet. I bet. Um, now, as I said, this is this is Scott Ninnis's show, but he he can't join us right now. He's had a bit of a disaster with his with his kids tonight as we're recording, and he's about to head off to to his practice session with his NBL one team, South Adelaide. So you'll have to bear with me. But what have you made of your time that you've spent with Scott Ninnis so far? You've spent a fair bit of time, especially at some some kids kids training camps this week. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm like him since the moment I met him. Uh, he's got a you know a really good attitude, and uh, I've enjoyed you know learning from him about the things it's going to take for me in this league and the things that I need to do. And um, just just enjoy his company. How many times has he told you that he's the only man that's been involved in every championship that the 36 is the one? I, I, I don't think he's ever told me that. Ah, so okay. There we go. Uh, he brings it up on this show a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, a, that's quite a feat. Uh, being a champion at any level is, is very hard, so... I know that, you know, he put in a lot of work to be able to get those championships. Mm, absolutely. Now, before we get to some basketball talk, you mentioned that, that your girlfriend is about to arrive from, from Arkansas um, just as you leave for Cairns, but you'll be back in a couple of days to, to see her again. Um, is the house in order? Have you been able to keep things in check? Yeah, yeah. It'll be a lot better with her here. But, yeah, it's uh, pretty in check for the most part. <laughs> Excellent. Well, how does she feel about coming out out here? Is she looking forward to it? Is she a bit nervous? How is she feeling about joining you in in, in Adelaide? 
Um, she just boarded her flight to Sydney. So I think all the uh, nervous part is getting a little, you know, I think it's getting more excited. I think all the travel is the nervous part. You know, just praying for a safe trip here and ready to get her out here. Can't wait. How grateful are you that you've been able to get her to come out to see you? We, we hear a lot of stories, especially since COVID, about people being stuck on the other side of the world from their families. I know that, you know, I spoke to the Tasmania coach, Scott Roth, last week, and he talked, to, it was a heartbreaking story talking about how he hasn't seen his wife or his daughter for 14 months and he doesn't know when he'll see them again. How grateful are you that she's going to be able to, to join you? I'm just I'm really grateful. You know, it's a very, very hard process for a lot of people. Um, over the past couple or year and a half, whatever, friends, you know, I've got friends in the league that have played that couldn't get their wives. And, yeah. you know, like you said, they're so cross. Yeah, he and I actually told me that. I've seen him in Tasmania. It's, uh, it's a hard deal. You know, I think everyone's ready for all this COVID to be over with. But for me to be able to be my girlfriend and hopefully... Uh, you know, my family getting here for a visit would be pretty sick. Just taking it day by day at this point, but like the fact that she gets to come is amazing. Absolutely. Tracing right back, I don't know when it was that you made the decision to come come to Australia and play for the 36ers, but why did you make that decision? What what, what did you like about about the, the prospect? Uh, I just think that it's a really good league. One of the best leagues in the world, and uh, I think that you can get back to the NBA and a great place to live. So, you know, just check a lot of boxes at this point in my life, you know, you know, enjoying life and, and doing what feels right. And um, after this past few weeks season, I had a couple of NBA close calls and when those fell through, uh, I just ready to, you know, take a, take a step to somewhere else other than, you know, the NBA league. It, it had worked out for me in the past a couple of times, but, I thought it was time to change change the path and go somewhere where you can enjoy life, mm. see the world. How big of a factor was it the fact that if we have a look at the last couple of years and, you know, Lamelo Ball played played out here, obviously Josh Giddy, Terrence Ferguson going back even, even further, both played in Adelaide. Jay Sean Tate had a path similar to you where he probably never... He probably almost thought the NBA was beyond him, and then he comes out here and, and look where he is now. I mean, did you seriously think that coming out here would be a way, if you play well, that could get you back to the NBA? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, you know, whatever happens, happens. If I get back to the NBA, great. Um, you know, I was a dream as a kid. And I wanted to actually make a, obviously, be there for an extended amount of time. But just to be, be able to know that I was able to put on the jersey and, and be able to, you know, live out my dream and be able to have that feeling is always going to be special to me. But right now, it's just enjoying life, enjoying basketball. And, you know, if, if I can get back to the NBA, that would, that would be great. But, you know, right now, my feet are here in the NBA and I'm focused on, you know, making this in the 36ers win. Yeah. And uh, enjoying my staff That's my biggest, biggest thing on my checklist. Hmm. You heard a lot about what the NBL was like. Now that you're four games into your career, has it has it lived up to what you expected or is there anything different about it than what you expected? How have you, how have you found it? Uh, it's, it's a great league. It's a great basketball. It's played the right way, I feel like. It's a physical league. Good shooting, good ball, you know, just really checks all the boxes, really good basketball. 
part. I think it's uh, well, that's the reason the NBA has been dipping into this league and uh, just left to be able to play in it. You talk about the physicality. Let me put you on the spot. If you're in Matthew Delavadova's shoes on on Sunday, do you go up to challenge that dunk from Mitch Creek, or do you stay down? <laughs> I, I think you always got to go challenge it. Okay. Okay. What well, What about if you're Mason Peatling? Do you come and knock Mitch Creek over afterwards? Ooh, I don't think so. I, I didn't. I didn't feel like he was really uh, disrespecting Delavadova. Yeah. He just looked there for a second. Screaming. I didn't think, you know, it'd be different, I guess, if he had been over and just, just screaming down at him for, you know, heaps of time, I, I would think. But I, I didn't think that, he, that that necessarily should have happened, no. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. More importantly on Sunday, what were you thinking when the breakers couldn't miss in that first half of your game? Obviously, Will McDowell-White and, and Hugo Besson just couldn't miss. And how did you turn things around in the second half and dominate like you did? Uh, we just started imposing our physicality. We thought we played a little too uh, lackadaisical on the defensive end and uh, weren't physical enough. So we were able to, you know, turn the sides and get our offense clicking off because of our defense and getting stopped. We were able to start, you know, pushing the pace a little. It kind of became in our favor and then we were able to win the game. I feel like CJ Bruden would have been the perfect coach given everything he went through in his career. He was a great a great shooter and scorer just like you are. I mean, did he instill a lot of confidence in you after those two first games that you just need to go out there and, and keep shooting and, and things are going to come your way? Or how, how did he approach you after those first couple of games? I mean, nothing really changed. Like, I mean, he, he, he definitely told me to, to keep going, but I think he also just knows as a you know, it's up for me. Mm-hmm. And almost, you know, from his mindset, I think it was more of a not harping on it because two games into the season, you know, where like, I, think, I think it's really funny when people have, have things to say. And uh, obviously, I don't read anything that ever has to do with forums or media. Like, I don't mm-hmm. put any energy into that kind of stuff. But because I remember in college, it's just fanatical stuff. Like, two games in and you're ready to you know, say this or that, like mm. there's 26 more games left. Exactly. It's, it's a long season and, uh, you know, my, my job as a professional is to stay locked in and do the good and the bad and uh, keep shooting my shots, keep playing my game. And I think he's got trust in me for that. And I'm lucky to also have a legend in the league to be able to keep telling me how I can be looking to play and yep. the ways that I'm supposed to play. So, and just having Coach CJ has been a blessing for me. I'm sure that you, you, your confidence was always still strong that you could come out and play like you did last last weekend. But at the same time, is it actually nice when you start to see your shots falling and you come to a new league and, and you play well? Is it a is it a nice feeling feeling to actually see it happen? Um, I mean, like you said, I, I'm not, you know, a man, you know, I'm not fit for this or that. That's never what, what goes through my head. It was just more so letting the, the team down. I, I felt like if I was to play to my full capabilities in the first two games, you know, we put our, uh, we could put ourselves in a position to win or potentially like actually win the game. So, uh, that was the part that, you know, it's never about my, if, if those two games going to happen and, I shoot whatever I shot and we win, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a problem at all. We don't talk about it. But the 
the fact we were losing is what made it not get right with me. So, mm. you know, I don't care what I do as long as my team's winning games. Yep, sure. We, we hope to see Sunday Ditch back soon. But I I imagine practicing against him with him guarding you is is almost tougher than anything you face in a game. I mean, how how good of a preparation is it to get ready for a game when you've got someone like Sunday that you have to practice against every day? Uh, Sunday's great. You know, we've uh, we've had our battles in practice. He's a tough competitor. We both are kind of testing the same clock as far as, you know, how bad we want to win every single, single thing in a practice, you know, whether that's a, a drill or, you know, a game of chess, just anything. Like, we just, you know, some people are just hardwired and really want to win and do whatever it takes. And, you know, I can tell he's cutting back off. And it, it, it's always fun to go out there to battle with those kind of guys and against them. Yeah. What have you made of, of Daniel Johnson as a teammate? He's, he's an amazing character and a player. Sometimes it looks like he's playing in, in slow motion. But, gee, I mean, he gets the job done unbelievably. He scored more points and had more rebounds than any player in the in the league right now, what's what's he? What? How have you found him as a teammate? He's been great. You know, DJ is going to play how he does, and that's a great pace, great IQ. There's on the floor and fun to watch how he controls the tempo of the game and and it never is rough. Moving away from basketball, before you took, I, I assume it was Jeff Van Groningen that first got in touch with you. Before you heard from him. What did you know about Australia, and had you heard much about the NBL? Um, yes, it was a league that I was, you know, I was trying to get in. Um, yeah. As far as you know, just the like you said, the NBA uh, prospect of things, and you know, where can you go that is is going to be great quality of living, great quality of basketball, and also still gives you the potential of getting back to the, to the NBA. And, uh, I think this league is, you know, at the top of the, the list of the world when, when you put all those factors together. Yeah, we have my agent, uh, my European agent, Eric Fleischer. He, uh, he's pronounced, you know, my name and, you know, the whole process to, to all the teams in this league to see what we could get and, uh, you know, just letting this league know that I was heavily interested and, you know, uh, it was a, a blessing to get the call back from Adelaide and, you know, get get it all done. Um, I was on the golf course actually when I got the call, and yep. you know, it was all an emotional call because I I'd had a really from the beginning of the COVID situation with Rudy Gobert, you know, this past June or whenever it was. You know, I'd had three or four times where I was like two days away from joining an NBA team, mm-hmm. um, and then like COVID happened, and then. Injury to a big man happened while I was about to be on the way, and it was all the same team. So to get that close, and that's the dream of yours, and to have it just ripped on you so many times in one year was just kind of heartbreaking. So for me to to be able to land on my feet somewhere like this, you know, just the quality of basketball, the quality of the organization, and to get back to that professional feeling was uh, it was monumental for me. Mm, no, fa- fantastic. You mentioned being on the golf course. I've I've heard a lot about your love of golf. How have you found the golf courses in Adelaide so far? <laughs> well, I hate that, you know, that's like the thing that people say, when I, but I've just, I found after after the last pitfall I had where I was, you know, basically on the way to the, the NBA and then I got the call that it fell through. I just, I, I had to find something else to do. Yep. 
like during the day, you know, instead of just working out and sitting and hoping the day away, like you can only work out so many hours of the day and I'm an early riser. So, you know, by about one o'clock, everything was done at the latest. So I just figured like I need to be getting outside and get out to nature and find something that, you know, also keeps me fit. Not that golf is the most <laughs> keep you in fit score, but, you know, just so better than sitting around. Absolutely. And I went and got all my clubs around mid-April when I got that, the day after I got that call. And, um, you know, I've been playing ever since, and I've fallen in love with it. So I've, I go to an old golf club here. I've, only, I've been a couple times because once I got the membership, we had, uh, you know, went to Tasmania pretty short after. Yeah. But I, I brought the club in Tasmania, played once in Perth. Yeah, you know, it's just it's something good to release your mind and, and just kind of have some, you know, be, be outside and uh, just kind of reflect on different things. So it also, to me, makes shooting feel easier <laughs> because <laughs> it's so hard to hit a golf ball. It makes me get in the gym and realize, dang, you know, shooting a free throw is easy here. Shooting a three is easy compared to trying to keep all on the course. Oh, absolutely. So. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Just finally, Dusty, you've been very generous with your time. How are you feeling about the trip to Cairns now for the first time? And and I'm sure Taj McCall is going to be in your back pocket for most of those 40 minutes on Saturday night. Uh, yeah, just excited to go compete, you know, once again. And it'll be a, it'll be a fun time. And I've never been to Cairns, so uh, another opportunity to go out there and go compete with the, with the guys. No, fantastic, Dusty. We look forward to seeing you back out there. We look forward to staying in touch with you throughout the season as well. And hopefully next time we do it, Scott can be with us as well. But thanks very much for joining us and good luck on Saturday night. All right. Thank you, Chris. Okay, back here on Sixers Fix with Scott Ninnis, and thanks to Dusty Hannes for that for that chat. I hope you all enjoyed it. And now let's keep moving because thanks to Sports Card World, it's time for our Ask the Coach segment. And of course, one of our lucky listeners who have sent in a question this week will win the Upper Deck Space Jam, a new legacy. Obviously, the the great movie starring LeBron James, the Blaster Pack. Thanks to Sports Card World, it's valued at seventy nine dollars. Absolutely nothing to be sneezed at. And just before Christmas, what? Give yourself a gift, or you can indeed give it to someone for a gift this Christmas. So one of our lucky listeners will receive that prize leading up to Christmas. Thanks to Sports Card World, and of course, heading to Sports Card World. Check them out at sportscardworld.com.au, or head into the city to to check out their store. You won't be disappointed because right now it's the greatest place you can go for, for Christmas gifts right now. Stock up for those that you love or for yourself if you want to treat yourself. We've got NBA cards, AFL cards, whatever sport you can imagine, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh card packs, singles, whatever you can think of. And if you're a 36ers fan, check out the new season NBA cards in particular. We've got Josh Giddy rookie cards. He starred here with Adelaide last season. He's now become an NBA star. They'll be out very very shortly after Christmas, so make sure you check them out in early January. Thanks to Sports Card World. Now let's get on with our Ask the Coach segment. And I am about to be joined now by Jamie Perlman. Okay, delighted to be joined by Jamie Perlman once again here on Sixers Fix for this Ask the Coach segment. Thanks to Sports Card World. Now, Jamie, before I hand you over to our, our listeners... 
must have been a relief, first of all, to get that win in Tasmania last week. And, gee, it must have been a great relief when you found some form in the second half on Sunday at home. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um, you know, the Tasmania game, we were, we were playing really well. We got out to a nice, comfortable lead and then didn't quite, um, you know, finish the game off like we would have liked to have. But, um, but we still managed to hang in there and obviously get over the line. Uh, obviously, a couple of great plays from Dusty down the stretch. And it was a bit of the reverse uh, against New Zealand with, uh, yeah, a very slow start. Um, a little credit to them. They shot the ball incredibly well. But, you know, it was great that we were able at half time and make some make some adjustments and uh, I think we can really start to see the, the potential of this group uh, in that second half. Yep, absolutely. Okay, time now for me to hand you over to our our listeners and of course one of these lucky listeners will win a prize pack thanks to Sports Card World, the Upper Deck Blaster Pack, valued at seventy nine dollars. So you're gonna have to take your your pick seriously, Jamie. Oh well, I'll take it very seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, first up, we've got Nate Turner, one of our favourites here on the show. And he sent through... It was to CJ, but we'll we'll change CJ to Jamie. What were your words to Dusty during the week at training after what was a poor debut round? Because he, he had a great round too, and he sure doesn't lack any confidence. Look, I think uh, Dusty has tremendous belief uh, in himself, and we have tremendous belief in him as well. Uh, I think you'll find with a lot of new imports come into this league. They just need to, you know, work the league out, um, you know, understand it a bit better, especially coming from the G League. And, and then once they do, they, they find their spots on the floor where they can really have an impact. And, and so you, you definitely, now after a few, you know, the preseason and a couple of games, I think Dusty's really starting to work out, you know, where he can you know, be most effective and, you know, starting to put the runs on the board for us. Absolutely. This one might follow on from that question, depending on your answer, but... Uh... Dusty might might be someone that you consider for this question from Dylan S. He's uh, alias is Mr. Shadow Stalker. He's asked, who out of the current roster would you trust to shoot the game-winning shot? Oh, interesting. Good question. The game-winning shot. Look, I, I think there's a number of candidates. Dusty is one of those. Mm. Obviously, DJ has done that and made that type of a play across uh, his career. Uh, Mitch McCarran as well, yeah. I, I believe he. He wants that responsibility as well down the stretch. So, look, there's a little bit of a uh, you know, tactical uh, side of that question as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you play different teams, you see where you have some of your better advantages, you know, in your matchup. And so th- there would be a little bit of a, you know, okay, who are we playing against? Where Where is the, the biggest advantage on the floor? Uh, but I'd say they'd probably be my, our top, one of my top three uh, picks yep. at this stage. Just following on from that, just, just this isn't from listeners, just from me, just thinking out loud. That play when Dusty hit his three down in Tasmania, I don't think that play was at, at all designed for him to get the ball, but the fact that it ended up in his hands, it wasn't it wasn't too bad of a result. Yeah, look, actually, you know, the Teddy did a good job of sort of you know, blowing up that play. and uh, But again, Dusty, you know, he, he wants that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has, he's the most incredible shooter I've ever rebounded. Yep. <laughs> worked with and so anytime he's got the ball in his hands at those last second shots you know he's going to get that shot away and yeah again good, great chance of that thing going in so um, yeah it was a bit of a broken play but uh, again the ball couldn't have been in, in a safer pair of hands absolutely okay next up from Kyle Wood another one of our favourites here on the show he's asked after settling the dust of pre-season blitz and a few games under our belt now how is the team fitting into the new system under CJ and what do you feel we need to work on more? 
Look, the team are definitely starting to settle into to the way CJ wants to play. He's, um, yeah, it's been fantastic. He's given the guys, um, empowering the guys really uh, to use their IQ, to use their feel for the game. Um, at both ends of the floor. And so it's a real fun way to play. It's, it's a real exciting way to play uh, for the guys. But it takes a little bit of time uh, to adjust to that as well. You know, and, and it really is a new group. You know, I think we only put three guys back from last mm. year. So there's definitely been that feeling out period where everyone's getting to know each other, know each other's strengths, weaknesses. And then also combining that with the system, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. But you know, I know the guys are really enjoying uh, the style of play. Um, it's an ongoing process. You know, it's, it's a fluid thing. It's, it's going to continue to grow and develop across the season. Um, and so I just think you'll see a better and better um, outing each week as we continue to go through this season from the team. You're probably the perfect person to answer this one from Will Jones. Who are the best up-and-coming kids to watch at the Sixers? At the sixes, um, oh, look, look right now, you know, um, you know, Nick Marshall had a mm. tremendous um, blitz. He was uh, he was involved last year just as sort of the training player, and and we like his size and his length and his athleticism. He's gone away, you know, played in Mount Gambia, uh, even though it was a disrupted season, and, and come back and and really come back with a, that extra level of confidence. And you know, I think there's a lot of people around the league at the Blitz going, okay, who's this guy? Yeah. You know, how well uh, Nick played. So you know, he's he's done a tremendous job for us so far. So we're, we're pretty excited about his potential. Um, Lockie Olbrich, uh, very young still. But, uh, again, I think we think he has a tremendous potential as well. Um, 17, just being at the COE. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we're excited to, to bring him in and give him this first-year experience of being part of a, you know, a men's professional program. So, I really think he's going to you know, see what he is enjoying the experience and will continue to grow. So, look, I mean, there's, there's two guys right there who yep. you know, we're pretty excited about and we think have a, you know, have a really um, bright future. Absolutely. Ethan Scott has asked, who's the funniest player on the team? The funniest player on the team? Well, um, that might be a little bit debatable, but I think, <laughs> I think, I think I've got a pretty clear winner. Yep. And um, I think most of the guys are probably agree with me. It's actually Kai Soto. Mm. He has a tremendous personality. He's such a, a vibrant young, young man who um, always brings tons of energy just loves the game, just loves being part of the team. Um, yeah, again, has a very, very good sense of humour. And he's just a, he's just a, everyone would agree, he's just a real pleasure to be around. So um, maybe not from a telling jokes point of view, but definitely <laughs> yeah. just as a, as a really fun personality. He always got tons of energy for everybody. Um, it'd be quite so, so. This one comes from Scott from South Adelaide. Do the 36ers need an official assistant coach to add to their to their roster, do do we need? Mm. Um, look, I, I think if you look around the league, and you know, I think it, most it, teams this might have been now, a trick, trick one from if you think about yeah, think about yeah, who Scott yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I did wonder that actually. That's <laughs> back in my mind. So I'm glad you said that. Um, look, I think if you look around the league, you know, the majority of teams would have, you know, um, a couple of assistants. Wollongong only have, have one assistant. Mm. So, look, it, it's up to, at the end of the day, it's up to the, the organisation and also up to um, the head coach, you know, mm. to, to make sure that he has what he needs uh, in order to, to run the run the program the way he sees it. So, um, you know, we're very comfortable right now with um, 
you know, where we have, we have a number of analysts behind the scenes who do great work for us. So, um, no, so as um, I was saying, it's a good setup at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, just, in, just enjoying being part of this program and working with CJ. Did you enjoy having Scotty involved before you went down to the Blitz? Yeah, no, Scotty's great. Again, he's uh, he's uh, obviously a legend, you know, of, of the league and the, of the 36ers and, and his knowledge and experience, you know, also being a head coach, being a head coach as well was invaluable for the guys too. So and it, was really, it was really great to have him around the club. Um, it's always great to have guys, you know, with that amount of experience around the club. Uh, before our first home game here, we had a number of former players mm. come into the into the change room and, and present singlets uh, to the new rostered players. And I know that's something that, you know, is really meaningful for the group. And um, so, yeah, we can... Scott was great to have involved. And um, we always, you know, as much as possible, uh, like to bring those uh, former former players and, and coaches and have them around the team as much as possible. Absolutely. A couple, couple more. Ashley... Ashley Burrell has asked, how do you rate the Aussie comp right now versus the other leagues that you've coached in around the world? Oh, I just, I think it's, you know, it's it's definitely become, you know, top three, yeah. you know, definitely. You know, it's like, I think there are so many eyes on this league right now. And, and I think a really um, big sign of that is is the next stars who, who have joined mm. this program from all over the world, you know, from Germany and France and, uh, you know, to just... Russia. You know, to have to, yeah, Russia, exactly, to have those players saying that, you know, this is a league I want to play in. This is a league that's going to help me to, to get to the NBA. Mm-hmm. I think it just shows, you know, how strong this league is right now. And um, and I know, you know, when I, when I was previously coaching in the league and the time I was away and when I came back, I just think the league has really grown immeasurably, really. So it's um, it's an incredibly strong lead. And it's just, even from an imports point of view, I know there's there's so many imports who would love to be out here playing this lead yeah. as well. So it's no, it's definitely it's definitely right up there. This one's a bit of a personal one for you to reflect back on on your career, Jamie. Jerry Mills has asked, "What's your most memorable moment or game as a player?" Oh, most memorable game as a player. Um, oh, look, it was probably it was probably um, it was probably a series. It was probably you know, '96 season out out of Canberra. Cannons team. We had a had a really great lineup, and um, you know we beat the Kings in you know in a three game yeah, series, yeah. and then we went on to play the Melbourne Tigers as well, and and uh, just fell short in game three of making it into a grand final. So I look, I'd say that that season um, was you know the most memorable season, and and just an amazing experience to be you know at that time in, in the league. You know you're playing down in Melbourne at what was Rod Laver Arena, and you're playing in front of you know, 12,000 fans, you know, and it was, uh, you know, so that was a, uh, that was an incredible experience uh, in my career. Yeah, great answer. Okay, that's the questions done from our fans, Jamie. Did did someone stand out? Who would you like to nominate to get that Space Jam upper deck pack? Oh, look, all great questions. Um, I'd probably lean towards maybe something a little bit different, but... Uh, the question about who was the funniest player on mm. the team, uh, you know, something a little bit out of left field. Yep. So I can't remember who, who asked that question, no, but no. Uh, let's go with that one today. Fantastic. Ethan Scott, there you go, Ethan. Just ahead of Christmas, you'll get that prize. So we'll be in touch about how you can get that from from Sports Card World. So thanks for all those questions. And just before we let you go, Jamie, Cairns is a familiar hunting ground for you. Obviously, you've spent some time up there at the Taipans. What are you expecting this this Saturday night up against them? Um, look, uh, 
that are probably a little bit wounded at the moment. You know, obviously, uh, Scott Machado has been ruled out as well. Um, so I'm expecting actually a, a team that uh, is, you know, really going to you know, give it everything they've got. You know, I think they're really going to be tough. Um, I think you're going to have some guys, you know, coming off the bench potentially really looking to step up and, and um, you know, have, have great games. Uh, it's always quite hostile up there as well, mm-hmm. you know, those Cairns fans. Um, but I think if we just play, you know, disciplined basketball, you know, and just, you know, play, again, play a tough style of basketball across 40 minutes, you know, I think we'll wear them down and, and we'll come out, we'll definitely come out with a win at the end of the game. So I, I think it'll be, a t- it'll be a tough game, but I think if we stick to, a, again, a real solid game plan, uh, we'll, we'll definitely get that win. We're looking forward to it. And thanks again for joining us, Jamie. Uh, my pleasure, Chris, anytime. Okay, hope you enjoyed firstly that chat we had with Dusty Hannes and then Ask the Coach with Jamie Perlman. Some good insights there from from Jamie. Back with Scott Ninnis now, heading up to Cairns. It's always a tough place to visit. I know they didn't have a great season last year when they were playing out of the, the old Bunnings Stadium, but they play well at the convention centre, do the Taipans. They've won 19 of their last 21 games there. How much of a danger game is this, even though the Taipans are missing Scott Machado? Uh, once again, I said it before, it's a, very much a danger game. You look at Machado being out and you're going, well, there's there's no way they should be able to you know, compete over 40 minutes with uh, you know with our team. But uh, gives other people opportunities and some of the chance to step up and uh, you, know, you know surprise surprise you like we saw in that first half versus New Zealand. So look, I think if we if we come out with the right attitude and you know just just hit them right between the eyes right from the start, I, I don't think that they can uh, stay with us for 40 minutes. Mm. But uh, we we we've been a little bit unpredictable yeah. so far at the start of the season. So I guess if anything's possible. But yeah, re- realistically, you know, if we we're going to compete and be a you know be a contender, as you, you know, I know a lot of us sort of think and hope that we can be. Now these these are the games you need to take care of business, and 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 you know, just because they're down, well, that that's just you know, that's just the way it is. You don't give anyone a, an even break in this league, and mm. if someone's out injured, well, you you just put it, put them to the sword early and uh, and move on to the next week. But uh, you know, we're probably not at a point where we can just roll out and expect that to happen. Uh, we've seen the ups and downs uh, already this year, so uh, they need to come in with the right attitude. Uh, they, they need to come out and, and whoever's on the floor, whoever they put in front of you, um, you know, stick to the game plan, do your thing, and uh, you do that well, you can come away with a win. Something I'm interested in is seeing the guys playing against their old teams for the first time. You experienced this as a player, so I'm interested to get your insights. So we've got... Tad Duffelmeyer and even Hiram Harris, but also Mojave King, obviously, both playing for Adelaide against Cairns for the first time. And then up in up for the Taipans, Keanu Pinder coming up against the 36ers for the first time as well. Um, what's it like playing against your old team for the first time? It's a bit nerve-wracking. You know, you're sort of going into a place. I mean, for me, you know, I'd spent so many years with the 36ers before I went to, to Melbourne to, to come back and play, you know, playing in front of family and friends yeah. and... and then all of a sudden you, you're not the golden boy anymore, <laughs> and you're getting booed and sort of cheered. But yeah. I, you know, like I, I, I love the challenge of it. And you, 
you know, you really want to stick it to your to your old team. You want to show you know show everyone there that uh, you know that's that's where you you know show them what you're missing, I suppose. But um, um, it can also go the other way, and I think you know sometimes if you, if you let those emotions get a hold of you, it can have a, an adverse effect, and you can uh, you, you can be trying too hard. So yeah, look, I don't you know with with all those guys you've just mentioned. You know, it was. It wasn't. They haven't come off. You know, it's been a year. You know that they've they've played with those teams. So I don't think it's like their, you know, it's their childhood team that yep. they grew up watching and yep. played with for for an eternity. And, and in this day and age, you know, we very rarely see. Uh, well, we, we don't see those those mm. play the Andrew Gazers and the Shane Hills and the you know the, the yep. Ricky Graces and that who who are one team players. So. For, for multiple years, it's just it's just the nature of the beast anymore. So, you know, there's no question those guys that want to come out and perform and do well. Um, but I, I don't think it's necessarily as a bigger deal, you know, for the players themselves uh, than perhaps it once was. Yeah, I agree. Especially, I guess, for Keanu playing against Adelaide, there's only there's well, without Sunday there, there's only two former teammates for him, and up in Cairns, it's probably similar for for those guys where there's a new coaching with the Taipans and a lot of new players. So. It's probably in some ways almost like another game, but we do look forward to it. I think we both expect Adelaide to win and we'll be disappointed if we don't come back next week leading up to Christmas talking about another win. Scott, it's been a big show. Thank you to Dusty Hannes, obviously, for joining us. Thank you to Sports Card World for bringing us Jamie Perlman for our Ask the Coach segment. And thank you to Premier Mind Tours for their ongoing support. Get on board because you got some work again, Scott, which is which is great to see. Thank you to All Star Photos and thank you to Australian Motors Mitsubishi and their prize pack for the lucky winner again this week in our Player of the Week voting. I'm Chris Pike. I'll sign off and well, you've got a wine in your hand, Scott, and you've got a game to prepare for tomorrow night. I'm not sure how wise these words will be, but I'm looking forward to them anyway. <laughs> You're very wise, and thank you to Cerullo Estate for the rosé. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, look, I, I'm uh, very responsible tonight. I'm working again tomorrow. I'm actually working the next three days, so uh, uh, which is I haven't done four days in a row for. Uh, look, I couldn't even tell you to be honest. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, hopefully, hopefully things are starting to turn. I, you know, I spoke to a lot of people up here, and it's been tough for for the wineries as well. There's, uh, you know, they had just haven't had the interstate business that, that everyone's so reliant upon, but. Uh, it is nice to be out and about and, um, yeah, very exciting to, to see get home and watch the game tomorrow night and, um, as I said, hopefully come away with a good win.